Hey, Lighthouse, good to spend some time with you again. This is Grant. I'm here with Patrick, who by the time this comes out is a married man. <laughs> yep. But as we sit here recording this... I am not. You are, <laughs> you are not. By this, so at last week's intro, you talked about by the time this one that's coming out right now, you'll be on a beach in Tahoe, mm-hmm. hanging out with your new wife and yep. just enjoying holding hands as a married couple and and walking around Tahoe and yep. doing stuff. You guys have plans in Tahoe or just hang out? Uh we have plans but they're very loosely set. Yeah, it's that's kind right. of like we have things to do if we want to do. Sure. Tahoe so. is if you're going to just like settle anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like Tahoe is on the list. Never actually been. Is so that right? This will be my first time to Tahoe. Oh yeah, so it's for be sure. Like if you want to sneak in, you know, the casinos are there for like shows. Mm-hmm. If you you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you feel like a night out and see some band or comedian or whatever that's there, but but then just you'll spend all your time just in the natural beauty of Tahoe. Just yeah. incredible. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Unlimited that. Unlimited hiking. Have you ever seen a sugar pine up close? I think so. Those things are I'm not awesome. Sure. Like massive cones like this. Yeah. Sitting around. They're beautiful and everywhere up there. And yeah. You'll feel right at home. The water is freezing. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's perfect. Well, I, we're all excited for you. And I was just saying off the air that, that you know, I get to perform the ceremony mm-hmm. uh, this coming weekend or by the time this comes out last weekend. And just, you know, doing a wedding uh, where there's a couple of young Christian people is the funnest part of being a pastor. Like, I just mm. love, like... Like it, it's such a a beautiful coming together of two lives in the name of Christ. Like it's not we've made so much of like wedding ceremonies and you know I won't get on a soapbox, but but mm-hmm. it's a worship service. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like God is doing something, and we get to be a part of it. And okay, whatever. I sign my name on a piece of paper. But what's actually happening is God is knitting you together. And there's yeah. this. It's it's a one of a kind celebration. Like there's no other. It's not like a birthday. It's not like a baptism. It's a its own particular kind of thing. And I'm you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And you have mm. found a wonderful woman to be your wife. And so we're all fired up for you. We're we're grateful for you. We're thanks. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to seeing the 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 Hicks Hawks just become <laughs> just become the Hawks. <laughs> yep. That'll be great. Well, right on. Well, this week on the podcast, who's up? We have uh, Paula Mueller. Paula Mueller, uh, like writer. Yeah. Reader, kind of a Renaissance person, really. Like good, like banker. Loves to write. <laughs> Gorgeous voice. Like we've all yeah. been so blessed by you know. There, for people like me who I sing, but I shouldn't use that word for what I do. Like I, I yell, <laughs> I, feel, I feel that way. <laughs> I kind of yell on pitch and uh, you know, my voice hurts every time I sing because I'm just straining and whatever. And Paul is just one of those people that just opens up her voice and just this amazing sound comes out. Yeah. Has a beautiful ear. Here's harmony beautifully. So we'll talk music. We'll talk about her. You know what else? The youth pastor in me really loved the part of the conversation where she like loved her youth group and still like Mm -hmm. thinks back so fondly. And I think still knows people from her youth group. And Mm -hmm. just like, it was really formative piece of her life is growing up in a small town and in a youth group and having jobs and singing in the choir and all that stuff. So Good, good story. Um, very American story. We're having a lot of those where you go, oh, yeah. I feel like this is American history as much. We've got it's, a very American church. Yeah, it's <laughs> anthropology almost, you know, like yeah. here's a slice of the last few years of, of uh, what it's been like to be a Christian in America. 
And obviously that's the other thing that, that always is radiating with Paula is just how much she loves the Lord. Yeah, definitely. Well, all right. That sounds like a good conversation. Let's roll it and let people listen to it. And we'll look forward to seeing you back as a married man uh, in a week or two. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Until then, Patrick. Yes, sir. Play the music. Will do. Well, I'm sitting here today with Paula and Paula. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to see you this morning. It's a nice treat to have a conversation with you. Do you remember our first conversation? Uh, no. I do. <laughs> Actually, I don't. It was excellent because you really, and one of the things I want to I talk about is just your love for worship music. And, mm-hmm. and you were really heading the ship yes. for, as far as worship music here at Lighthouse. And... Um, you know, when you and I have a love for the Lord in common, a love for music in common, and if you, that's a lot. Yes. <laughs> that's a lot. Of, that's a lot to talk about. And so we had a cup of coffee actually before that's I started right, we here, did. and that's we talked right. about music and worship right, yes. and all that stuff. And yes. that's, that's that right. was the beginning of a pretty cool friendship. That's right. So, uh, so the big idea here is we just want to hear your story and and get to know you, and um, and then talk about things that make you joyful and things that give you hope. And so why don't we start at the beginning? Where were you born? Where's your story start? Well, I was actually born uh, in Mount Vernon, Illinois, a little town in Southern Illinois. Can I tell you how California I am? I couldn't remember if it was Illinois or Indiana. <laughs> and I'm not sure I know the difference. Apologies to my friend Jack, who lives in Indiana. Okay, so you were born in <laughs> Illinois. Um, um, in Illinois, and then okay. uh, when I was still a baby, we moved to northern Illinois, and that's where I was actually raised. Big town, small town? A uh, very small town. I, actually, I lived in the country, so I was a country ah, girl. Oh, cool. And uh, went to a small school outside of uh, Rockford, Illinois. It was called Winnebago, Illinois. Winnebago. Winnebago. Illinois. Not where they make the RVs, but it was Winnebago, That just Illinois. sounds like, like <laughs> there's an image in my head right yes. away, like a brick courthouse no, or, it no? was such a small town. It was like 1,100 people. Okay. But it brought in all the farming kids from all the... We, most of us were farming, you know, either outside of town kids uh-huh. because the town was so small. Yeah. Um, so I went to the same school from first grade through 12th grade. Oh, so cool. I knew all this, mostly the same kids all my growing up days, and I still keep in touch with several of them on Facebook. That's cool. You've mentioned that before. Like, you have lifelong friends. I do. Like people that you've known your yeah. whole life. That's pretty through unique. Through school That's and through church. Because we huh. actually went to church in Rockford, which was the big town. Rockford, Illinois yes. is the big town. Yes. And Population. Uh, 150,000. Okay. Something That's, like that. That's a city. Yeah. yeah. So we, I went to uh, Baptist Southern Baptist Church all, right. all my life. All right. And uh, so I had my church friends. Yep. And then I had my school friends. There couldn't have been. I mean, in a town that size, there had to be some crossover. Actually, uh, none of my school friends went to my church, uh-huh. you know, so it was a whole different group of kids, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and I had my few school friends who were Christians. There were about five of us girls, five, six of us girls who were Christians at the school. Mm-hmm. And we kind of banded together and yeah. they, most of them went to other churches and I went to my church and just, but. Right on. Well, yeah. I want to get to high school, but so tell me, was your family, did you guys farm? No, my my father actually was a factory worker. Okay. And uh, he also um, kind of 
we had a, what they call a truck garden, which was <laughs> lots of vegetables. So uh, my dad, that he is was not the image I had in my head. Constantly working. Uh, so we grew our own, all of our own vegetables huh. in the summertime. So I spent my summers, you know, shelling peas, snapping beans, picking fruit, stuff in the garden. Uh, we grew a whole field of potatoes, kept all our wow. potatoes in the, in the basement and ate them, ate on them all summer long or winter long. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we had a, lots of stuff that we did on the. Did you do a lot of canning? Yes. My mother canned. Uh huh. Mostly canned. Yeah. And uh, so we had to help. You know, we had to help. That was kind of my summer. I didn't play around a lot. We, we had to work a lot. That's actually. a very full life. Your dad's working at the factory and then. Yes. Uh, how, how many acres are you guys? Uh, we had about with? three acres of land and, uh, you know, a good portion of that. We had a huge lawn. Mm. It was an old one and a half story or one and three quarter story farmhouse. It was mm -hmm. old since been torn down, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but I, I loved growing up in the country. Mm. I, I really, I'm, I'm glad I was able to do that. It's cool to see you smiling as you're talking about growing up. Yeah, and I, it I, sounds I like a it. really wonderful you know, childhood. Was, we didn't do a lot. My family didn't, we didn't travel much. Mm -hmm. uh, every single vacation was going south to see all the aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa. <laughs> that was what Also we did. in Illinois. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you're growing up in this little town. Your dad's working in the factory. You're canning. Th oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, my grandma was from Missouri and canned all the time. And I just, I mean, the whole process of canning it's is a like a, work. it's a lot of work, but it was a lot of like communal. We all do it together mm -hmm. kind of. And I have one of my good memories is uh, we had an old back porch where we would sit around there. My mom and my sister and I. My older sister was so much older than me that she was kind of out of the house, okay. you know, early, early on in my life. So, but we would sit there and we would shell peas and whatnot, and we would sing songs. Mm. So I remember my mom loved music. I know why you guys didn't go on a lot of vacations. You're living a vacation. Yeah. That's <laughs> Well, that's what, <laughs> that was a lot of hard work. <laughs> that's what everybody in the city is trying to do is go rent a place out in the country and get some air for a minute. So. Well, that's cool. So you're singing songs and a close family? pretty get along yeah um my father was a world war ii vet okay and my dad was not very communicative yeah. at all and uh so he was kind of a hard man to get along with in a mm. sense because he didn't like to communicate mm -hmm. um but he was faithful mm. uh we never missed a church service mm -hmm. i mean all the whole family i they t we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, yeah, man, and Wednesday night. Yeah, my whole life. Yeah, and my father never missed. Yeah. So even though he couldn't communicate a lot and he didn't couldn't show emotion very much, he was faithful, at, faithful at taking us and going to church. And sounds like a hardworking guy. He really was. Yeah. Yeah. Out yeah. early in the morning. And yeah. What was the factory? It was called National Lock Company. Okay. And uh, yeah, he worked there about twenty years. All right. Yeah working on the line and uh actually he was my dad was a pipe fitter oh okay. yeah so he was maintenance pipe fitter and he had done that in the uh in he was in the navy mm -hmm. world war ii and he had worked in the boiler room down in the belly of the oh, geez, ship yeah and uh, i think he had some very traumatic experiences yeah. there he his ship which was the uss davis was actually off the coast of normandy 
mm-hmm. during that kind of part of that conflict. And I, mm-hmm. I think he did see some men die and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think it was very traumatic for him because all through his life, he would have terrible nightmares. And I oh. remember as a child, we would hear him yelling at night in his oh, sleep, wow. and it scared us, you know. But he would always have these nightmares. And just kind of unresolved his whole mm-hmm. life, just kind of mm-hmm. struggled with that forever. Yeah. And and late- he never would talk about the war until yeah. probably till he was in his 70s or so, when he yeah. finally would talk a little bit about the war. Other than that, mm-hmm. he would never talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was a hard guy to get to know. Mom, you're... My mom was much more the opposite. Okay. She was more loving. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I was very close to my mom. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. What were what are some memories besides the back porch? I mean, that's a pretty great, yeah. like... And it sounds like you did a lot of work together side we by did. side. Yeah, and my mom had, you know, com- common interests. My mom loved to read, which I loved uh-huh. to read. Uh-huh. Uh, she loved music. Um, and she actually had always wanted to play the piano or do something. So she she knew a couple of chords on the piano and she was forever sitting at the piano and she'd use those two chords to sing hymns. So as many mm. hymns as she could figure out to play to those two <laughs> chords, that's what she would do. Mm. And she made sure that all three of us girls took piano lessons. So I started when I was nine, took piano lessons and all three of us did. And uh, so right away at age nine, uh, after I took a few lessons, and within a year I was sitting down playing hymns. And huh. and do you uh, still play? I do, but how did I not know this? Oh, I'm I'm not a good piano player at all. Oh, geez, it's really no, a dangerous I'm... thing to tell the pastor that you play <laughs> piano. I, I am barely adequate. Yeah. Do you <laughs> so, enjoy it though? Um, I don't do it as much anymore. Uh-huh. I still have a piano, and every now and then I'll sit down and play. I just to make sure I can still read the music, which I can. Uh-huh. But I cannot play by ear at all yeah. i know those two couple of chords that mom knew she taught me those i can still <laughs> you know play amazing are? grace okay. oh yes i can still down okay. sit down and play amazing grace yeah. by those chords yeah a couple other songs but um i love to sing so much that yeah my passion is singing uh-huh. not playing the piano as much well and there's you know like on in one it's proper to say at some level everybody can sing and then it's proper to say there is a jump to people who have good voices that you are pleasant to listen to but you're in that next category where you you really have an exceptional voice like not just pleasant to listen to but like highly skilled voice and in you know i love singing with you because i sound so much better <laughs> like man i really sound That's great today yeah, if you could you can make my voice sound good <laughs> you have a you, you have an excellent voice and it's fun to hear that some of those interests that you still have kind of go back to childhood yeah. it's and um well of course you know i love to sing harmony i love to yep. sing melody too but um, I just kind of naturally, for some whatever reason, God gave me the natural ability to sing harmony. Yeah, and here. so even when I was, I think, I think if I if my memory serves me right, the first time I ever sang in church, like in a group thing, was a trio. It was me, my middle sister, and another girl at church, mm-hmm. and I was nine and they were twelve, and we sang "Whispering Hope." You probably never heard of it. Yeah. It's a song called a hymn called "Whispering Hope," and I did sing harmony on that. So mm-hmm. even then I was able to... Did somebody teach that harmony line to you or did you just... I have no idea. You just knew I how mean, to do it. I mean, it just came to me. I mean, I, I guess because I knew the piano too, but yeah. I didn't have... To, I mean, I could read music, so I could read the harmony, but 
it just well, it even, just comes to me. I don't have to even... Even when you said, like, you start a piano lessons at nine and within a year we're playing out of the hymnal, there are every piano player that heard that went, what? In a year? Not <laughs> <laughs> maybe real complicated yeah. ones, but... Yeah, but you just have a gift. It's just music comes... Yeah, you have an exceptional ear. That, that uh, I think being able to hear things is the under-talked-about, like, skill in music. It's not just being able to play things or being able to sing. It's being able to hear and and the willingness to listen, too, which if you're singing harmony, you have to do a lot of listening. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's cool. So how many sisters? All girls. All girls. There's three of us. Three of you. Yes. I have two older sisters. I'm the baby. You're the youngest? Mm-hmm. All right. And you grew up mostly with your middle sister because yes. the, the, your older sister. She's was almost out. seven years older. Uh-huh. So by the time I was in sixth grade, she was in college. So there's quite a yeah. few years difference. In she there. was around, but not, yeah, not in a. And you guys had different interests and just very different stages of life. Yes. And your second sister, how much older? She's three years older. Okay, that's enough to get in some fights. And <laughs> oh <be> yes. Pre- <laughs> <laughs> we had a few. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Are they musical too? Um, you know, they are to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, they just didn't keep up with it like I did yeah um in fact they were both better pianists than me Mm. my older sister was a quite a good pianist Uh, Mm. she used to even play like for the cantata for church uh, when she was a teenager but she didn't keep up with it so Mm -hmm. I don't even know if she could even play anymore and my middle sister she actually um played you know could play the piano some she played clarinet Mm. in high school and she actually learned a little bit on the guitar later on, but mm. she didn't keep up with any of it. So she they have an ear, I yep. think, for music, but they just aren't, they don't use it. Not the same passion. Yeah. It takes both those. It mm-hmm. takes a little talent and, yeah. and a little and passion. And my mother, uh, she had a, a, a low voice, like I do, mm-hmm. but she had a really low voice. And so she could also sing harmony kind of by ear, too. Mm. So I think that's probably where I got it. My father was tone deaf. Is that right? I mean, I was when I was in when I was in church. I did not want to sit next to my father. I was so embarrassed because <laughs> he'd be singing, and yeah. it was just like, "Oh no, Daddy, stop!" Did he know? I think he did. That he knew. I think he knew he couldn't really sing. But I mean, I really was embarrassed yeah. as a child. You know. <laughs> and as a worship leader now, you probably think, "Go ahead and sing." Yeah. It's yeah, but make a joyful noise. That's right. But when you're a kid and it's your old man, right? Yeah. See, it's funny because my dad, I mean, you know my dad, he has a voice the same oh. quality as yours, just incredible voice. And and I was always embarrassed of that growing up. Not that I mean, I was always proud that my dad was, but he would be singing in the grocery store or oh, something, uh-huh. you know, and be dead. I look back now and go, gosh, you were walking around with a Ferrari. <laughs> I should have just been selling right. tickets. Yeah, what are you going to do? We're kids. So uh, you excelled in school. School was good. Um. Yeah, actually, you know, I had my favorite subject and my best subject was always English. Yep. And uh, I love literature. We need to save good time for books. I want to talk about books and writing. (laughs) Yeah. But um, so I didn't, my worst uh, subject for sure was math. I I do not do math, period. Uh I don't like it. I don't understand it. (laughs) I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I don't have a calculator, I'm dead. So, but it, I ended up as uh, out of the. I was in the top ten of my class, uh-huh. but I don't know how I did that. So, 
hard work, probably. <laughs> probably tried. Uh, so, I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but you hated math and spent a lot of your career in banking. Yes, I did. Yeah, that, you know, that's not that uncommon of a... I did. A, yeah. Be, and I actually did very well in banking. Yeah, yeah. It, because it is more... Because I had a calculator. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. So what were you like in high school? What did Were you in clubs? Were you... You know, I was... I had a very bad inferiority complex mm. and complete lack of self-confidence mm. when I was growing up. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm not sure why mm-hmm. exactly, but I just did, you yeah. know, and I, I, I really lacked self-confidence, except maybe with my group of friends or whatever. And I, yeah. you know, I wasn't popular in high school. I didn't date. I, you know, I... I didn't do anything. I never went to the prom. I never did mm. any of those things. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to games, hmm. uh, except I think my senior year, our basketball team did really well, and and I love basketball. I actually ha- do love basketball. Well, so, let's talk some basketball. <laughs> I mean, mm. I don't watch it much, but I I do really enjoy basketball. Yeah. Fast game, I like it. But um, so I did I I did do um, I think it was the Spanish club because I took four years of Spanish okay. in high school and a year in college. A lot actually. of Spanish in Illinois. Uh, no. Yeah. But I had a great Spanish teacher, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, it. Do you still habla a little bit? <laughs> Un poco. Yeah. <laughs> it's like their eyes started there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did you... How far away from school did you live? Were you, like, so out in the country that it's, like, it the was, bus at four in the morning to get in? I had took the school bus my entire life. Uh-huh. Uh, it was three miles. But... The route was like miles because they went all through the yep. area getting all these farm kids. Yep. So a lot of times we were first on the bus, mm. like at 720 in the morning. Yeah. And we rode it all the way till we got to school at, you know, 810 or yeah. it was a long yep. school bus ride. And the, but the nice thing was a lot of times we were close to being off first at night. Okay. And then sometimes they'd switch it up and then we'd be last on. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so they kind of tried to do that every once in a while through the year. Mm-hmm. Did most people take the bus? Um, was that just kind of the culture? So I think so. Yeah. You know, my friend and I, I had a friend, my best friend lived uh-huh. about three quarters of a mile down the road in okay. the country. So we always were on the bus together. Mm-hmm. I'm just have like. I've got Hoosiers in my mind, but 25 years in the future, like that mid, I just feel like basketball, you, you know, basketball <laughs> and school buses and small towns. It sounds very, very wonderful, you know, for those of us that grew up in the concrete jungle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I am, it seems like it'd be I pretty cool. I am so grateful that I went to a small yeah. country school. We yeah. did not have the problems at mm-hmm. all. Rockford had tons of problems yeah, in their schools. Um, and... We just didn't have that. We didn't experience that. Mm-hmm. Felt safe most of the time. Very safe. That's cool. Um, so did you decide to go to college? I did. Um, just to let you know a little bit of thing about my church group. Yeah. Um, oh, I yeah. always Let's felt like the country bumpkin because okay. I was the only one that lived in the country. Oh. I went to my church. Okay. And so I didn't have much, many friends at church. Huh. Um, I knew all these kids since I was a you know two years old or a baby whenever we started going there, but you know and I do something with them once in a while, but I wasn't really close to any of them. Mm-hmm. And when I was about fifteen, um, I was feeling kind of like 
you know, sometimes I almost got to feeling like I didn't want to go because I didn't feel like they liked me, they yep. didn't accept yep. me or something. And there goes that inferiority complex again. Yeah. So um, we we got a new youth minister. And his name, we everybody called him Brother Bill. He was absolutely marvelous. Mm. He was the church uh, worship director. He was the mm-hmm. minister of music and the youth leader. Yeah. And he was... Every, he was a big, huge man, teddy bear, and uh-huh. everybody loved him. Well, he convinced one of the boys in, in uh, the the group, who actually I kind of had a crush on over the years, <laughs> 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 to come pick me up and take me to church, to choir or something, mm-hmm. something special one time. So that's kind of how I got into the group. And then he started a choir, ah. a youth choir. Yeah. And we call ourselves the basics. We were brothers and sisters in Christ service. And that's how I really got into the youth group at church. Mm, and then once mm. I did that, I felt so accepted by them. Yeah. And we were all friends and we did things together. And we went on three choir tours hmm. in the summertime. Hmm. We would go to um, near Bolivar, Missouri, which right. is where I yeah. ended up going to school. But we would go to, Can- we went to near Kansas uh, and mostly Missouri and in that area and uh people would take us into their homes and let's spend the night and we'd perform it there you know we had a little concert of all kinds of music hmm. um christian music and so that's kind of how i got into into the church youth group so you know it helped me a lot so i always say this about um like sports is that when i was a kid like i felt like insecure just all the time but I felt like if I was standing on a baseball field, I could breathe. I like knew what to do. You know what I mean? Like I know how to play this position. I'm not sitting around thinking, oh my gosh, I'm doing it wrong. Like that was like the place that I was confident. And I wonder if like singing was that for you that you're like, oh, in the choir, I'm confident. It was, and and it kind of got me. I also was terrified to sing in public by my, you know, even with a duet. If I could sing like you, I would never stop I singing. I was absolutely <laughs> terrified. I yeah. mean, my heart would pound so hard I could hardly breathe. Yeah. And I was that way for a long, long time, huh. uh, even into adulthood. Yeah. And uh, my mom would just say, stop thinking about yourself. Just think you're doing it for Jesus. <laughs> but I couldn't help you it. You know, there's logic in that, but it's hard to get through a teenage right. brain. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, did you, you, you had it, when did you come to Christ? Did you have like a, a relationship with Jesus as a kid? I actually, um, got saved when I was nine. Okay. Nine was a big year. It was wow. a big year for me. Yeah. Um, and I was saved and baptized when I was nine years old. Uh-huh. So I never, I can't say I ever drifted. Yeah. Really at all. Yeah. Um, I've definitely wasn't as close to the Lord as I should have sure. been, you know, a yeah. lot of times, but I never really drifted away. Yeah. Do you remember what brought you to the Lord? What clicked in? You know, I mean, sense? I just, I remember hearing the sermons and mm. knowing I needed to be saved and knowing I was a sinner and that Jesus was the way to salvation. I mean, yeah. just, you know, I, I, re- I remember realizing that. And it sounds like a pretty healthy church. So, we did. And, you know, a lot of the people went there for years and years and years. Yeah. And uh, I went to that same church my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, and really didn't feel, kind of felt like the outsider until choir happened. Yeah. And so those last couple years of high school were pretty fruitful Very there. Good. And yeah. felt like you had some good friends. Right. Some of which you still keep up with. Yes. Do you ever get to sing with those people anymore? 
Well, actually, what, what is fun is we have had, well, they've done more than that, but we've at least three reunions ah. that I've been to. Huh. Um, so one in 2002, one in 2007, and one two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, two of them were held in Branson, Missouri. We wow, all met if you're Branson. Got, yeah, if you're going to meet somewhere. Well, because the youth group leader, Brother Bill, and his wife live in Branson. Oh, is that right? So they're in there. He's like 82 now, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, so we all met there, and we, you know, we sang a little bit together, and mm. it was it it was just great. That's fun. You still have that connection that we had when we were teenagers. That's cool. Yeah, there's no replacing your friends yeah. from high school. Like they're just people that knew you then. Is yeah. There's so much value there. That's cool. And it's cool too, you know. Um, with Facebook, you can kind of keep up with people. Well, uh, the the man who was our minister when I was from the time I was like nine till eighteen, he was the one who actually baptized me. Um, his wife is a friend on Facebook, and mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't post much, doesn't say a whole lot. But every time I post something about my my parents, mm-hmm. um, something about my mom or my dad mm. or whatever, she always comes on there and says they were the best. Uh, so it just really warms my heart because she loved them so much. She loved my huh. parents. They were they were good people. Cool. Yeah, you know, I think I, we've talked about this before around here, I think maybe with Susan, but the sometimes in early childhood, or not early childhood, early adulthood, late teens, whatever, I would be jealous of people with a more dramatic testimony. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, there I was taking drugs and then God saved me or whatever. And man, somewhere along the way, that just snapped. And I was like, wow, to be raised by Christian people and to know the truth your whole life and for it to sound right in your ears. And what a gift. Yeah. I mean, that's just a, I'm thankful a beautiful for it all the time. gift. Yeah. <laughs> mad, yeah. The, I was a bad enough decision maker with that. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> with, with that head start, I, I absolutely needed it. Well, that's cool. So you went to, to college in Missouri. I went to Southwest Baptist College in Bolivar, Missouri, and actually that's where Brother Bill had gone to college and All his right. wife. Okay, and this guy was influential in yeah, your life. Yeah, he really was. And we're grateful had, for Brother Bill. <laughs> he'd actually left the church and they'd moved back to Missouri, and uh, uh, they lived. In, they actually lived in Bolivar hmm. part of the time that I was going to college there, hmm. and I babysat their son cool. while I was there. So. Um, but I only went for two and a half years. Um, dummy me. Nah. <laughs> I quit and I ended up getting married. Oh, well. So This is where John comes in the picture. This is where John comes in the picture. How did we meet him? I actually met him at a Bible study. All right. Um, my sister Patty, was, my middle sister, was going to a Bible study in Rockford. And uh, she invited me. I was home for the summer. She invited me to come. And so I went and John... John and one of his friends were going to it, and that's kind of how I met him. I just, you know, met him there that one time. Then I went back to school for the fall for my junior year, fall of my junior year. And uh, then I came home for some, for the winter break uh-huh. and um, met him again at a New Year's Eve party that the Bible study was having. Okay. And we reconnect, kind of reconnected there, and then I there was stuff going on in my life with, yeah. I don't know, just some stuff. Anyway, yep. so I decided not to go back to school. My parents were very upset about yeah. that, I think. <laughs> I didn't go back, and we started dating in January. 
I think we had our first date in late January or something. Uh And then we were married in October. Doesn't take long. (laughs) Yeah. So I was 21 when I got married. 21. 21. That's, I mean, that's a little young, but that's not, I mean, you were decision-making age. And, you know, what I always even say about getting married is sometimes you just pick. You know what I mean? Like you just like make a decision and then you'll live faithfully and right. and then God meets you the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, so I was just I was just sure the the romance was going to start with you seeing him play the guitar uh, or singing backup. You know, actually, in a band. I didn't even know he played guitar. Is that right? No, I didn't even know that till because he kind of put it away for a few years. Mm. Uh, and uh, so, no, I didn't even really realize that that had been a big part of his life because he'd actually had been in little bands in high school yeah, and had actually played at a dance at my high school. Oh, really? Which I never went to. You weren't going to be there. I wasn't there and I didn't know who he was, Uh, but he was in a band that played at my school. That's cool. That's funny. I just always assumed that you guys just started talking music on day one. No. No. All right. Um, So where'd you guys settle down? Well, we lived in uh, outside of Rockford for the first year and a half. Um, and worked and then we decided well mostly John uh, he hated the weather in the Midwest because it's hot humid summers cold freezing winters and he's like let's do something different we ended up in Washington the state of Washington all right and uh, very close to the Canadian border on the coast side near Bellingham Washington Hmm. and uh, shout out to Pastor Dave over at Sanctuary who's from Bellingham Washington Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little Dutch town that we worked in called Linden, which was just about 11 miles from Bellingham. Cool. And uh, so we lived there for seven years, and then we moved, ended up, come, John got into photography at that time. He was mm-hmm. actually, he did play actually for the church orchestra for a while. Yeah, huh. a little church orchestra, and he played guitar. Wow. And uh, then uh, we went to Assembly of God Church in, in Washington. It was a really nice church. Mm-hmm. We really liked it. And then... Um, uh, he started a photography studio because John was very big into photography for a while. Mm-hmm. And so we did that for a little while. And then he's like, I want to take portraits. It rains here all the time. I want to go where mm. it doesn't rain all the time. So we ended up down here. Cool. Just kind of he uh, researched it and decided well, this was the place. And he, he had a little business in a little shopping center up there and his photography studio. And there was a man there who had a also had a shop and uh, they were talking and about California because the guy knew about California. So John said, well, if you were to move to California, where would you suggest? Where, w- where would you want to live? He goes, the only place I'd live in California is the Monterey Peninsula. <laughs> well, I agree. And that's how we ended up here. We actually lived in Salinas for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then we actually ran Then we came out here and rented a house outside of Carmel mm-hmm. and uh, lived there for so total, we lived here the first time seven years. Mm. I won't go into everything. We moved mm-hmm. to Colorado for almost three years mm-hmm. and then came back. So how long have you been in Seaside? 25 years this July. Well, yeah, July 4th weekend, 25 years. Maybe 25 years. What Have you seen changes in the... Is it still kind of the place you you moved to? or? Um, really, it has. It, yeah. It's been about the same. It's. Yeah. I guess I used to hear rumors that it was really bad before... You know, we moved back here. Okay. Uh, that Seaside had a bad reputation and all of that, but actually, it's it's been okay. Seaside's wonderful. It's not bad. Uh, yeah, I love I love so, Seaside. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Smell the, 
the ocean from the balcony every day. It's not a bad way to live. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk. Uh, should we talk about music or books? Either one. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> it, let's go back to high school. Like, what music are you listening to? Um, you know, we didn't have all the fancy stuff we have now. Sure. So, um, like I had a little transistor radio. Yep. That's all we had, a little yeah, transistor man. radio. Well, we had a record player, but um, I used to listen to WLS out of Chicago. Okay. And that was the top 40, yep. you know, bubblegum music, you know, mm-hmm. the top 40 of the day. Yeah. And uh, so that, I, I would listen to some of that and you'd hear it. They always played it in the school bus. Mm-hmm. So, we'd, oh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I mean, we'd be hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> Those the days. And so, you know, that's kind of what I listened to there. But, you know, other than that, it was, you know. Playing hymns at home, singing at church. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything to offend anybody in that might be listening. But when I think about what high school kids are having to listen to now, where you got to listen to Three Dog Night, yes. uh, I mean, that's, we had the that, best. That is music. great music. I we, we we could talk about. I graduated from high school in 1991, which I think is the pinnacle of all rock and roll, right? I think that was the year. Um, but uh, but I think everybody thinks the year they graduated from high school is the best year of, no, not Patrick shaking his head. No. Well, good, you're a very self-aware young man. Um, oh, our music was terrible. Yeah, well. I, I really do feel like we had some of the, some of the what widest year, Do you mind me asking what year? Music? I graduated in 72. Yeah, I mean, so you've still got, like Bob Dylan still at his height and you've got the stones and you've got i mean motown and, and I is mean, motown kind of yeah there was some motown, motown some, like yeah starting its run and but there was such a variety that's right the music didn't all sound the same yeah there's so much talent james taylor i mean all yeah. these carol king and i well, mean now just, you're talking you know, i mean where would you put tapestry on it's i i still sing carol king well, yeah, I mean, a couple of hers I sing at the ranch. <laughs> there's ne- that, those songs. Tapestry is timeless. Yeah. That album could be released today, yeah. exactly like it is, yeah. and and be a great album. Like, and every song, you know, like I feel like for a while it was like, well, all we care about is a single, and so like one or two good songs on an album. And now it's just like, really, all we care about is a single, not not even selling an album. So it's just right. like one song or EPs or whatever, but. Man, yeah, I don't. Uh, we, we sound like old people. Ah, back in the day when they cared <laughs> <am> about it, <laughs> so am I. But I don't want to sound like it. Um, but yeah, where it was a crafted album. I mean, yeah. talk about a James Taylor album. Even yeah. each or a Beatles album. Each side mattered. There's a story being told the whole, the whole time. That's that's amazing. So I'm wondering. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember when Amy Grant comes on the scene and if that she was important was, to you. Cause she was like, I liked a Amy girl, Grant. Yeah. Mostly an alto, like not a, I don't know if her, she's a, a little higher than me. <laughs> yeah. But not like, uh, right. In the rafters right. soprano, no. very, uh, very singable and also great yes. songs. I had one of her albums, um, record album yeah. that I used to listen to when we lived in Washington. So that would have been, we lived in Washington from 77 to 84. So somewhere during the eighties, yeah. maybe the early eighties. Yeah. And did you enjoy that? I mean, was that something? Oh yeah. That, I and... loved her music. I, there was one song on this one album and I 
to, to be honest with you, I don't remember what it was anymore, but I would listen to it all over. And uh-huh. I really liked it. That was such an album. Yeah. And I loved, oh, second chapter of Axe. Well, I was just going to say, Phil like, Kage. that was really, oh, Phil Kage. What's, I mean, the, what's the album? Love song, Is it the, all the different stuff that. Uh, the Master and the Musician. Yes, Is that the yeah, Phil Kage album that one. you just go, gosh, yeah, I can't, I, know. I can't put that I, on, we had that and on tape, do anything. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. But, cassettes were. Yeah. Yeah, I lost all my cassettes at some point. It's a bummer. But now there's iTunes, so. Yes. <laughs> YouTube, you can find just about anything on YouTube. <laughs> it's all right there. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool because it really was a peak of like popular music. You know, it's funny when you say like top 40s, like I grew up in a time when like the best music was not the most popular music. Yeah. Right, where like top 40s music was kind of, it wasn't, it was a good beat and uh you know, tight song, but it wasn't like super meaningful or right, whatever. Yeah. Where it was like the alt rockers that had heart, right. and, or the punk rockers that I, or the hip hop guys that were like the voice yeah. of the people kind of stuff. John was like that. He was more into um, the under what they called the underground, yeah, Led man. Zeppelin, College and rock. all those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, but see, even that. So like the, but I feel like in the seventies, the popular music was also the best music. Like it was. The, I, I mean, the Supremes are not. You, you, there was no underground version that was better right. music than that. Right. Or, I mean, the Temptations to me are just, that's as good as you can write a song. Right. That's about as good as a song <laughs> is ever going to be. And, and and the voices, Marvin Gaye. And, I know. Just amazing. Yeah. Just incredible. So who are the um, the female voices that you were emulating or, in, or enjoying? Did you Did you lean towards female singers, being a female singer and... Uh, Carol King. Probably. You, you talk about. I like Carol King. Um, I loved Karen Carpenter. Your voice is very similar oh, to Karen Carpenter. She had the most yeah. gorgeous voice. Yep. Just pure yep. and simple Easy. and just beautiful. Yep. yep. She was probably one of my favorites. Th- that's a great way to describe her voice, too, is pure and simple. Like, she just, it was effortless. Mm-hmm. You just felt like that's yes. just the noise she always made. Mm-hmm. She wasn't trying to sing right. well, she right. was just singing. That, yeah. Just came. And I'm sure there was a lot of work that went behind it, but when you heard it, it sure sounded great. Well, that's fun. And then this was this is where I was going. So it's such a high point in just like songwriting and popular music in general. And then the Jesus movement happens, and a lot of that gets incorporated into like second chapter of right. Acts and and all the Calvary Chapel. And I have a love song uh, piano. Uh, album kind of thing, oh, but it's you really? piano, you know, for love song. Yeah. yeah. It's great stuff. So who else was there? There's love song and there's Amy Grant and there's, um, do you like, know Randy Stonehill? Of course. Yeah. I, like Randy Stonehill. I saw Randy Stonehill at, uh, Biola at some point. Yeah. I saw him here on the peninsula once. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, good. and it's funny. Cause that, that era of music kind of sounds of a time now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, Randy Stonehill's albums, he would have to write some new stuff if right. he's releasing an album. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like yeah. we're talking about tapestry where right. it's still perfect. Yeah. But um, but even that's kind of the the fun of it is to it's kind of like the the soundtrack of your Christian life as mm-hmm. you grow up as those bands. One one of the things I appreciate about music now that I guess those bands kind of started it, but I was maybe into a little little harder stuff in the. Got it kind of coming up and it kind of felt like you had to choose between 
being a rocker or being a Christian. Right. And I appreciate now that there's a lot of... There's a lot of variety. Yeah, if yeah. you're a, a young punk with a guitar and whatever, you can... There's there's yeah. some there's some heroes <laughs> for you. Yeah, there's some heroes <laughs> for you that also love the Lord or at least claim to. So um, were you singing all of this time? Were you finding places to... As your... You know, the only place I ever sang was at church. Yeah. Um, and when we were in Washington, I sang in the church choir, and we would put on some Christmas cantatas, and those were fun. Mm-hmm. That was where I had my very first ever in my life solo, was a little part in the Christmas cantata. And I was sick for the whole week beforehand. Yeah, poor kid. <laughs> I <was> oh, man. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make it. Huh. But I made, I made myself do it, and, yeah. and everything. it went fine and everything. But I was nervous. Yeah. But I've definitely come a long way in my nervousness. <laughs> what helped you through that? I think just practice, you know, making uh, myself mm. get up and actually finding things that I could sing uh, that I was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. That has made mm-hmm. a whole world of difference. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not soprano, so, you know, most people think, oh, the soloists are all sopranos. Well, that's not true. So, you know, I can sing a whole bunch of things, but yeah. I just have to pick those songs that work for my voice, you know. I And t- this is really a heyday of alto worship leaders. Like, I feel like for the last 15 or 20 years, it's been a lot of, like, stuff in your range. Like, a lot of female worship leaders are that. I feel like it's really high tenor. That's dudes. really what I am. High tenor, little yeah. Alto, it's mostly. like it's like Chris Tomlin, who yeah, right. I could never sing that song like that. It, right. I I just t- he capos on the fifth fret and plays it in G. I just play it in G without the capo, <laughs> right? and then it works fine. But um, but uh, yeah, I, I do you remember the song Hungry? Yes. So Catherine Scott, I think, and I feel like that that song kind of ushered in like that alto. Like before that, I remember a lot of like Sandy Patty. Oh, yes. Very and, which, high. <laughs> which is beautiful, but not yes, super attainable right. for um, right. most humans. And uh, right. But now I feel like there's a lot of alto lead um, female worship leaders. That's pretty cool. And you are my favorite one. <laughs> so, so you're singing at church. And what are you doing career-wise as you're... Moving around. Well, I was in banking for most of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of started out new accounts, mm-hmm. and uh, well, actually, I, I was a teller for a very short time. Went to, and then I was in new accounts, and then I went into loans. And basically, most of my career was in the note department, what okay. we called the note department of the loan department, and it was mostly loan support. Okay. Um, supporting the loan officers and all kinds of loan documentation and. For a while here at one of the banks I worked for, most of the time that I worked here, I supervised the loan department for a while. All the ladies that were doing the loan documentation and title mm-hmm. work and all that stuff, I supervised that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I never liked being a manager or supervisor. I didn't really care for that. You like details. I do. I'm very detailed. You like, like, you're an excellent proofreader and you like, like I can, like if I look at a loan document, it just starts start swirling. You know I, mean? I, can't, I can't even really pick out individual words. It's all, well, like, most of it's somebody, ba- somebody you know, boilerplate now. Yeah, <laughs> but you have really the ability to kind of dig in there and. Yeah, we really had to be very. very my one boss did call me Eagle Eye. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but 
So I did that for quite a while. I did try being a loan officer once, mm-hmm. a consumer loan officer. I took the course. I did well in that. I actually learned how to, you know, uh, look at tax returns and do all that stuff, but I did not like it. So Is that I, right? I said, I do not want to do this anymore. I just, it made me nervous. I didn't like it. So I ended up actually going into administrative assistant and I continued to work for the bank in Monterey for a, a number of years. But uh, in 2011, March, excuse me, April of March, April, 2011, um, the bank had been bought out once or so, and then it got bought out again and whatnot. So anyway, a bunch of us got laid off. Mm. So that kind of changed my life. I yeah. figured I'd retire from there and all that, and that just didn't happen. So wow. I got laid off. And actually, April of 2011 is when I started coming here. Oh, really? I had been attending another church, but mm-hmm. um, came over here, and mm. I've been here ever since. And so, I mean, you worked with Alzheimer's patients? Actually, um, the last two years of my career, yeah, I got a job with the Alzheimer's Association. Oh, I see. And I was um, their program assistant. Okay. Yeah. So did that was that just very different work? Oh, absolutely. Completely different. And it was... You know, in many ways, it really was the most rewarding work yeah. of my career in terms of you really knew you were helping people yep. and doing something that made a difference. Yep. Um, and it was kind of a fun job. It was a small group of us ladies that worked there, and things were a little more laid back than mm. in the banking corporate mm-hmm. world. Sure. So um, it was fun. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, there was stress, too, at times, but uh, it, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. And so you've been retired now for... Almost three years. Almost three. Are you enjoying it? Yes. Yeah. I, I am. I mean, there's times when I do have time on my hands. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, you know, I love just not having to think I have to get up and go to work yeah. every day. <laughs> well, and, so. you know, and some of those things you talk about, you're just, you know, I don't know if introversion is introversion is the word you would use or whatever, but you enjoy a quieter kind of like, it sounds like you have time to pursue writing and music and books and that kind of stuff that is hard to do when you're right in the work a day world. Right. Um, Are you reading some good stuff? I read quite a bit. Yes. Yes, I do. And what's a, give me a good book. This is my favorite question. Give me a great book. That's also a good book. I would say one of my very favorite books, and actually a conversation with my friend Susan Jones. I Mm -hmm. think that was her same one that she told me, but it's funny that we had the same one, I think. But my one of my all time favorite books is The Hiding Place. Oh boom. Yeah. It's a wonderful book. Yep. And it really I read it when I first when I was eighteen. And it just had this real impact on my life. And uh, I've read it you know, many, many, many times since then. I, now, these days, I try to read it once every one or two to two years. I reread it. I have a couple of books I try to read once a year as well. Some of that's uh, just. A, what is it that you love about it? I just, I just love the whole story of her life, and, yeah. and then you know, what she and her sister went through, and how they just, you know, loved others and loved the Lord, and just stayed so faithful and. Mm-hmm. Just her upbringing. I like mm-hmm. the beginning of her story a lot. And then mm-hmm. as it goes into the, the hard times, you know, just it just really means a lot to me. It's hard. Like if, if you didn't know, and there's lots of stories from that time that are, are hopeful. But if you just knew like the 
just went to history class and learned about Nazi Germany, you would say, how could there be a hopeful story right. that come out? I mean, that might be certainly in the last hundred years. It's one of the you know, top four or five most evil, like, you know, things that ever happened. And right. to see human courage and God's leading, making a difference on the microcosm while the, while the world's falling apart, it's pretty inspiring. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's a great book. And I love that you read it regularly too. It never stops like inspiring. Never, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you like to write? I do. In fact, I I always wanted to be a writer. Uh-huh. That was one of my big goals. When yeah. I was eight years old, I said, I'm going to be a writer. Huh. Well, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, every now and then I've sat down and tried to write something. I, I would love to be a writer. But I just, I think I think it's the idea of being a writer that has more appeal than actually doing it. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's kind you know, of. It's hard work. It's and drudgery. It, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did. The only thing I ever really sat down and accomplished was the year that my mother turned 80. I thought, I'm going to do something special for her. So I wrote a story and we illustrated it and everything. And I put it in a binder and everything. And I I have have a copy of it. Um, And it was kind of a little a little bit of a romance, Christian romance story, Mm -hmm. but it's short, you know, Mm -hmm. not just a short story. And I called I uh, titled it The Lighthouse Serenade. Mm. And uh yeah, so that was the only thing I ever really sat down and fully wrote and accomplished. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I've written on and off, you know, and I, I in the same way, like I, I always thought I would just be a writer. That's the only thing like in school, anybody ever was like, you're good at that, right? I didn't go into math class and have the math teacher go, oh, thank goodness Grant's here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, one of the most disappointing things is I wrote a short story that I, I mean, maybe you had the same experience with uh, with the one you wrote for your mom, but I wrote it and went, that's good. And it was just the story of coaching this little uh, all-star team that Emily was on, my oldest daughter was on, from Marina. And we went and we won a tournament in Carmel. And it was so inspiring to me that, like, it's just a, just a little bit of a cultural difference there and we like kind of came out of nowhere and there was this one game where we were down 15 runs and came back in the last inning and it was kind of just like a very typical underdog sports kind of thing but also it was a really special family thing I was getting to coach with my daughter and my dad had come up and coached for that weekend with me and it was just really special thing and I was so pleased with it and then I switched computers and lost it oh and and it was like and I've I've thought I've thought a million times like I need to sit down why don't I just rewrite that but you just can't right it just doesn't work that way and it kind of does if you have enough discipline you can you can bang it out but but uh well I say that was the only thing I accomplished but I think when we were talking offline here yeah um I did mention that I had uh, at a previous church I did write some things yeah so um I wrote uh wrote up some you know book reviews uh for the newsletter and also uh these kind of things with talking to people, I would interview them and then I'd write up their biography. Aren't, aren't people the best? Like, it's just like getting to actually the gift of getting to sit down with one other human and just spend an yes, hour it was fun. 
talking is just one of the most special things that you feel like all of life is pulling us away from that, you know, but just like that. I think that's why you and your sister and your mom sitting on the back porch singing songs and canning vegetables or whatever you're doing just sounds like, oh, man, we all need a little (laughs) more of that. We all need a little more just sitting down and having a good conversation with somebody. Um, You still so you we're working on this newsletter and you're writing book reviews and, and interviews and just enjoyed that. And what, uh, do you remember some books that you, uh, one of them was the hiding, hiding place. place. Yeah. Um, there was a set of books that came out, uh, you know, those, I don't have, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. I don't know. And it was a, a Christian writer, Robin Jones gun is her name. And she wrote these, a series called sister chicks. Cool. All right. And it was kind of a, they were fun, lighthearted Christian mm-hmm. books about travel kind of or whatever. And so I ended, I did one of those. Um, oh, and my other favorite, one of my favorite writers is Jan Karen, hmm. who wrote the Mitford series. Okay. And it's about a um, Episcopalian priest, All right. Father Tim. Yep. And her books are very, pretty famous, actually. And um, she's written quite a few of them in this series uh-huh. and they're very good she's a good writer and they're they're very christian so mm-hmm. um that's i wrote one on one of those books and yeah so that's i did a fun. few of those that's fun you know it's yeah. it's funny that is such a popular like in the blogosphere that's such a popular genre like uh ben witherington the third is a commentator and you know theologian i appreciate a lot and uh his blog like is mostly book reviews I guess what he does just a lot. And um, it's kind of nice to have somebody you trust. <laughs> to go say, before, I, before I buy this, what's Ben think about it? Well, that's good. What, uh, what gives you hope? Are you hopeful? Do you find yourself hopeful for the future? I do. Um, you know, I think the older I get, mm. the, more, the more I don't need this world. I mean, you know, the more the material uh. things of the world... You know, those kind of things just don't really don't appeal to me yeah. too much anymore. Um, the simple life is really more what appeals to me. Mm. And uh, just, you know, my hope for eternity with Jesus is really the, the Real, most important thing. Really strong. And, you know, again, you guys are young, but seriously, the older you get <laughs> and the more aches and pains you have and all of those things, yep. the more you're like, you know what? This world isn't so great. <laughs> And isn't just that the to... difference between life with the Lord and life yes. without is all of these like aches and pains. And I'm with you. Like I always say, I used to sleep until I wasn't tired anymore. Now I sleep until it just hurts so bad. I have to get up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's, just, right. that's just life, you know? Um, and it's either a signpost for our demise or it's a signpost for there's something else. Right. I'm not built for this. I'm, I'm, I'm built for, for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you really are a, a woman of the word. Like you know the scriptures very well. You're very thoughtful. Um, has that been a lifelong joy of the scriptures or? You know, I think I've really, I would have to say that since I started coming to church here, mm-hmm. I have really delved more. I mean, I've always known, you know, read the scriptures and known the scriptures to some degree from reading it from a youth, but. I think I've grown. I have to honestly say I've probably grown here mm. <clears throat> more here than anywhere else that I've mm. ever been. And praise the Lord. That's cool. And uh, part of it has been 
my, uh, you know, the opportunity I had to do table leading for a mm-hmm. while in Sunday school. And then um, occasionally I, I take over for Judy in the women's Wednesday night Bible study. So that really gets me into, yeah. into the word, too. One little fun ac- anecdote I should tell you is when I was a senior, they had uh, in high school, they had uh, senior prophecies. They used to, I don't know. They don't sure. think they Charges do them anymore. Or, but yeah. What is she going to do in the future? Right. Yep. I don't even know who wrote these things. Yeah. I have no idea who wrote mine or who wrote anybody else's. But mine was, she's going to be a Sunday school teacher. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, in all those years, I was never a Sunday school teacher. (laughs) One time I tried teaching six-year-olds, and I said, I'll never do that again. (laughs) And then, (laughs) but then, you know, now I'm getting to actually be able to get in and do a little bit more studying and leading a little bit. And I do feel that God has given me at least a small modicum of ability to do that. Oh, I think it's, I think you just think it's small because it, because you're good at it. You know, it, you do have, you know, you and I've had some really good conversations uh, and I really appreciate your ability to uh, hold firm the truth of scripture and also not want to be duped, right? Like the easy answer in the scriptures, sometimes the easy answer is the right answer, but a lot of times you say there's more nuance and complexity here and I might not get to the bottom of this. I, this might be where faith comes in, where I go, yeah, I don't have a complete understanding. Right. If the Apostle Paul, actually on Sunday, we're going to be reading, you know, if the Apostle Paul said, I see through a glass dimly, then probably <laughs> so are we, you know, right. and um, and you you have the ability to lean into uh, hard questions, wonder, doubt in a way that I think is really not just impressive, but really important. Like we just can't have a church of all head nodders just going, "Mm, whatever, whatever the curriculum said, I guess that's it. Whatever the pastor said, I guess, but we have to um, dig down to truth and you're good at that. I think in my youth, you know, I tended to more just whatever the pastor says I agree with, you know, and and all of that. But the older I've gotten, you know, I, I've always questioned and tried to think through things and I think you need to be discerning, you know, so that's what I've tried to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's so important to just, we just don't live in a, a culture anymore that's satisfied with easy or um, simple. Right. You know. And they will ask the It has questions. to work. And this is the thing. It has to work. Right. It can't be just theology that just makes sense in my brain. I have to see that as it plays out, it actually makes the world a better place. And it actually makes people more loving and kinder and right. um, and more like Jesus if we have, I think some, you know, maybe we'll do another podcast sometime where we can talk through some of the specific things that we've talked about before, because you do, you ask, not just ask great questions, but have great ideas. Um, but a, a lot of it is uh, that if we have ideas that make us not like Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> right. Then we have to get rid of those right. ideas, yeah. no matter what they are. Right. Yeah. Well, I that's always been impressive. I'm glad we're friends. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I like singing with you too. Um, well, this has been a great, a great hour. Thank you very much for coming You're in. Welcome. We didn't even talk about the pickup. You oh. do have <laughs> on, on all the peninsula. You have the. the did you sell it yet? No, we're not. It's we're st- not going to sell. You're it. never going to sell no. that thing. Yeah. yeah, we've had people. You know, I think I told you we had somebody drive by our house. Yeah, 
actually followed us home yeah. and asked if he, if he could buy the pickup. <laughs> and what is it for the whole world to hear? It's a red 1993 Toyota 4 Four-wheel drive oh, pickup. So good. That with the hubs that you have to lock to get it into four-wheel drive. Does it have those? I don't think so. Oh, is that I'm not right? sure. Mine John a, would know, but I mine don't. Was a ni- mine was a 91, <laughs> which is sure. why I've always had a car crush on your your, your pickup. But I it had is stick to, shift. Yeah, is, man. Yeah. It's, yes. it's good looking. and those, <laughs> That era of Toyota pickups were... We're pretty special. That was cool. <laughs> Indestructible. Yeah. Well, it turns out not. I oh. yeah, I killed one. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't let me near it. <laughs> Stupid head gaskets. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. Well, yeah. Um, so it's it is great to spend a minute with you, and I look forward to doing it again. I'll all right. See you on the worship team. All right. I'll see you then. <laughs> all right. So that's Patrick Hawks over there twisting knobs and pulling <laughs> levers, and this has been a minute with Paula, and we uh, hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm.